Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition of the show, we're going to be kicking off our build-up towards the weekend's huge North London derby between us and that lot from the swamp down the road. We're going to be getting into all uh, of the feelings, all of the, uh, I don't even know what what to call them, the I don't know, the jitters that you get going into North London Derby Week. We're going to be talking all about that. My personal experiences, your experiences in the live chat as well. What's it like building up to a North London Derby? Because for me, it kind of all starts from around about now. I mean, Monday and Tuesday, it's obviously on my mind. But I think when you get to Wednesday, you get to that point where it starts to feel like it's just around the corner. It starts to feel like it's creeping up on you. And you start to get those jitters. You start to get a little bit nervous. Uh, So we're going to talk all about that. But we're also going to try, try and pick a combined 11 between these two sides at the moment. Now, I was going to do this with a mate um, who you guys have seen on the show on numerous occasions, Dan DeLuca. But unfortunately, we couldn't make the times work today because I was really busy. He was really busy. Um, But Dan sent me a combined lineup, which I, I might share with you guys. A little bit later on. But I must admit, sort of going into the, well, sitting down, sort of planning what shows I was going to do this week, this was something I wanted to do. It's not something we've done before on here. So I thought about it. Yeah, you know what? Let's try and pick a combined 11 because a lot of people say that Spurs are ahead of us this season. A lot of people say that Spurs could probably go the distance and challenge for the Premier League title, but Arsenal can't. Now, personally, I don't think either of us can. But I certainly don't think that Spurs are ahead of us by a lot, if at all, if I'm being completely honest. I think that there is so little to separate the two sides at the moment. I think Arsenal have been playing really well so far this season. Spurs haven't been playing really well, but they've been picking up results. And so you feel like that pendulum will swing the other way at some point. Arsenal won't be flawless pretty much um, for the entire season. There will be dips. There will be games where we underperform. And equally, there will be games where Spurs perform to a much higher level than they are currently. So I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth between these two sides over the course of the season. But I thought a combined 11 would be a good idea because I think that when I look at the two 11s, when everybody's fit, there's not an awful lot of Spurs players that I would put into mind. There are some, of course, and we'll get onto that in a bit. But I don't think it's as cut and dry as, as maybe some from the outside see it. And as I say, I was talking to to Dan DeLuca about this and he sent me a combined lineup and it made my blood boil when I read it. I mean, what is what is going on? I mean, if you see this 11 and I, you know what, I will show it to you guys a little bit later on. You're going to be mystified. You're going to be baffled 
And it just kind of wound me up and reminded me this morning when my mind was on a million and one other things, how much I'm up for this derby and how desperate I am to see Arsenal go out there and put them to the sword. Let's say a few hellos in the live chat before we dive into it. Big hello to Henry, who says, good evening, H. North London is red. We're going to smash them on Saturday. Come on, you gunners. Luke Williams says, evening, Harry. Hope you are. Well. Hope you're good, mate. Big hello to Nav. Big hello to the wandering minstrel as well. Uh, big hello to uh, Cesar, uh, to Ash, uh, to MB, who says, uh, been a while since I caught you live, Harry. Hope you and the family are well. Good time. To be a gooner presently absolutely is. Uh, Bill says, I really think it's a 50-50 match, which is how I like it. I can't agree with you there, Bill. Uh, I like it to be stacked in Arsenal's favour, that's for sure. Uh, Savrine says, the main difference is the manager as to why people believe Spurs can and Arsenal can't. Conte, been there, done that. But I like Arteta, he says. Uh, big hello to Adair, who joins us as well. And to Severine, who joins us from Calgary. Sorry, I've already read Severine's comment out, but he's put another one in there. So uh, good to see you. And uh, thanks for letting me know where you're joining us from. OK, should we should we try and, and get into this or should we talk a little bit about North London Derby Week first? I think let's talk about North London Derby Week first, because as I say, for me, it's normally around about Wednesday that I start to feel a little bit sick. I start to feel a little bit nervous. I start to feel a little bit worried. Now, it's a weird feeling because in recent history, particularly the, the stronger side, let me rephrase that, the home side have tended to be the ones that come out on top. I think it's been like that for a, a fair while now. I think that when you go to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, there is an apprehension, there is a worry. And obviously when they come to us, I'd imagine that they feel the same way. But what I would say is that from my personal perspective anyway, and I, I can't speak for everyone, so do let me know how you're feeling in the chat. It's more a fear of losing at home that sort of, let me rephrase it. I'm all over the place today. I'm tired. It's been a long day. What I'm trying to say is when we play at home, there's a confidence in me. We go into the game at home and I'm normally quite confident that we're going to win it. And I do think we're going to win it at the weekend. But there's that fear of losing at home, which just feels and seems so much worse than losing away. That kind of is is almost the cause of your anxiety and is why you feel sick, I would say, going into games like this. So that's that's how I look at it at this moment in time. But obviously, as the days pass us by, you start to focus on the match a little bit more. You start to focus on some of the individual battles. And I think there are going to be a lot of individual battles on the pitch that are going to be key in deciding the outcome of this one. But I think for me, what's going to be really intriguing and really interesting is the battle of the two systems. And we're going to do a full preview show tomorrow evening in which we're going to break it all down in a lot more detail. But the thing that jumps out at me when I'm sort of breaking this down in my own mind and, and trying to maybe predict how it might go or trying to identify areas in which the game will be won and lost the thing that keeps coming to me is, is the system, the difference in the two systems. I expect Tottenham to come to Emirates Stadium and essentially park the bus. I expect Tottenham to come there, sit deep. I expect them to try and soak up pressure. I expect them to try and force us into wide areas, trust in their numbers in the central areas to keep us out and force us into a game that we don't really want to be playing. With the sort of knowledge that they do have the players 
with the capability of hitting us on the counter-attack. And it almost feels to me like this could end up being a bit of a repeat of our trip to Old Trafford just a few weeks ago. Hopefully not in terms of the result, but in terms of the way the game's going to go. I think Arsenal will have a lot of the ball. I think our centre-halves will have a lot of the ball and will find themselves up and around by the halfway line, sort of trying to get Arsenal going. But equally, Spurs do have the ability to go a little bit more direct, to go into Kane, to use Son and Kulusevski or Son and Richarlison, depending on who Antonio Conte picks, um, you know, to... Uh, sort of run off of Harry Kane. And I think they'll try and cause us problems that way. It's just the Antonio Conte way. Now, Wondering Minstrel in the chat says, what if we park the bus, Harry? I just don't think that this Arsenal team will do that. I don't think that they want to do that. I think Mikel Arteta is so focused on his principles. And, and I think he will feel at home he has a responsibility to take the game to Spurs and be the ones on the front foot and be the ones trying to sort of force the issue. Away from home, he probably should look at it differently. And I would say that at the back end of last season, maybe he didn't sort of uh, sort of set us up in the best possible way. Maybe he could have done a little bit more. Maybe he could have tried to make us a little bit more difficult to beat and, and maybe it would have made a difference. But I just think there were so many other factors in that game that ultimately contributed to our downfall that it would have been, it's harsh now, I think, with hindsight to to just sort of look at Mikel Arteta's part in that. I think Arsenal can dominate them in midfield. I think that Arsenal, if Xhaka, Partey and Odegaard are all available, have energy there, have technical ability, but also have a bit of steel in the Swiss international and in the Ghanaian. Now Spurs will likely play with a two-man midfield because of the fact that they play with three centre-backs. It'll probably be Bentoncourt and Hoybjerg, I'd imagine. And them two are not afraid to get stuck in. They're not afraid to put themselves about. And so it's going to make a really interesting battle. But I think you're right, um, Ash, who says it in the chat, that we can overrun that midfield. And I actually think one of the reasons Spurs have struggled to control games so far in this campaign is that very reason, that they don't have enough bodies in the midfield and they don't have enough ball players in that defence either. They don't really have one that I look at and think can step out into that midfield and almost become a third midfielder when necessary and help them to build up. I think they've got some top quality players in the forward areas. I think they've got a great defender in Romero. But I think when you look at the rest of the team, I think there are there are weaknesses and I think there are players that we can exploit. Um, would I be massively disappointed with a draw? I'm not going to say massively disappointed. I think for me, the, the sort of remit here has got to be don't get beat. And the reason for that is because we've had such a good start to the season in terms of points that we've got a little bit of margin for error. Now, you never want to lose at home to Spurs. You never want to lose to Spurs full stop. But if, if we get to, I don't know, for argument's sake, let's say it's nil-nil and we get to the 70, 75th minute, I would rather Arsenal didn't sort of take those extra risks. I would rather Arsenal sort of were mature enough and Mikel Arteta's mature enough to accept that a point, it's not a great result, but it's not a bad result either. And it wouldn't be the end of the world. I'd, I'd rather we sort of recognise that because I felt like we should have done that at Old Trafford. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I felt like in, in that particular game, on that given day, Arsenal had played so well, but it just wasn't our day. You know, we had the goal from Martinelli ruled out. We went behind. We managed to drag ourselves back into the game. And our 
our sort of obsession with winning the game ultimately is what undone us because we took too many risks. We left ourselves exposed. Balls were played in behind and we got we got done on the break. So if we get to sort of the latter stages of the game against Spurs and we're in, you know, we're in a position where, okay, it's going to be a point of peace. Tottenham aren't exactly uh, sort of exposing themselves or aren't exactly chasing the game. I think we should probably be old enough and mature enough to look at it and go, yeah, well, you know what? We'll just let this play out then. We're above you. You need to be us, right? And and that's what I want to see. I feel like sometimes I did a, a, an episode on it a few weeks ago and the question was, is Arteta sometimes too emotional? And that's what I meant. I didn't mean about him protesting to referees. I didn't mean about him geeing up the crowd. None of that is an issue for me. What I meant was, does he get sucked into this idealistic world whereby he feels he needs to win all the games as if he's got this responsibility to go out and play a certain way and win football matches. That was, um, you know, that was my uh, sort of meaning when I made that point. That was what I was talking about when I made uh, that that point. So, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, Savrine says, uh, the problem with playing for a draw is there's a chance of getting only one point in both the North London derbies. Yeah, um, you're right. And I think that obviously we should go out there wanting to win the game. I'm not suggesting that we don't go out there with the intention of winning the game. All I'm saying is that sometimes you have to read the game state. Sometimes you have to look at how things are playing out. And if they're sitting deep with a back five and it looks like there's no way through, what I'm trying to say is you don't weaken the midfield or weaken the back line by throwing on an additional striker at the risk of losing the game. I think that, you know, the North London derbies are important, but, you know, that's not going to define your season, I don't think. I mean, you look at last season, we won at home, they won at home. But they ended up finishing above us, not because of that. They finished above us because we dropped points at silly places. They finished above us because we went on that three-game uh, losing run, which was really disappointed against Southampton, Brighton, Crystal Palace. So, you know, I, I think that there has to be a, a level of maturity in those situations and an understanding of what the situation is. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's see. Look, let's um, let's dive over and chat about um, the uh, the uh, combined 11 then, because this is going to be uh, good fun, I'd imagine. And I'm interested to know what you guys think as well. And I want you to take your Arsenal hats off when we do this. Let's try and be as fair as we possibly can, right? I, I think that's the only way that you can do these things. Um, we'll we'll try and break it down. Before I do that, actually, there's a couple of you asking me about injury news. Um, it looks like Thomas Partey, providing he passes a fitness test, is going to be okay. We understand that Zinchenko is going to be okay and Martin Odegaard too. But Mikel Arteta, as I say to people all the time these days, he always keeps his cards close to his chest. So we don't actually know that for a fact. So I wouldn't get carried away one way or the other. I'd wait till the day. But hopefully, if he's in the mood to give us something, he'll give us something in his press conference, which is coming up a little bit later on this week. Um, right. Before we jump into our combined 11, I just want to quickly remind you guys uh, that if you are interested in supporting the Chronicles of Aguna podcast, you can join our new membership scheme. If you head over uh, to com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna, you'll be able to create an account, sign up and subscribe to the Chronicles of Aguna and get access 
to our premium content. There are already three bits of premium content waiting there. And as I mentioned to you guys on the explainer video that I dropped yesterday from that membership pot, we will be making a monthly donation to the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital in London. Um, and I will be personally matching that donation on a monthly basis as well. It's a cause that's very important to me. Uh, as I mentioned to you guys before, my daughter um, was under their care when she was first born. And I can't tell you how brilliant and amazing they were. So I want to be able to give them something back as well. Um, as I say, there's three pieces of content there. They're fantastic. I think you'll enjoy them. Uh, the first one is our early season awards. Uh, myself and Mike Stavrou took stock of the season so far going into the international break. And we gave out a number of awards for best goal, surprise package, most improved player, best signing and best player. Uh, I also caught up with uh, Jamal Fifield, Borehamwood uh, defender. You guys will have seen uh, one of the videos that we did together. The second one is available to members only. So you can head over there and, uh, and you can check that out. In that one, he talks about uh, the life of a footballer, the highs, the lows, of course, and more. And of course, uh, I sat down with Mike for another piece of content in which we discussed falling in love with Arsenal and the birth of the podcast. That was a really interesting conversation, I felt. And I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Uh, instructions on how to sign up and become a member of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast, supporting me to continue the project and to make it bigger and better, but also supporting the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital. Uh, all you need to do is follow the instructions in the description. You need to sign up on the Another Slice website, not the app. OK, so you need to go over to the website at the top of the page. There's an icon that says create account. That's where you register. And once you've done that and you've signed up and subscribed to the Chronicles of Aguna podcast, you can then download the app on Android or Apple, whatever it is that you use. You can log into the app with those credentials and where you see the premium tab, which I have highlighted here you'll be able to click on that and get access to those pieces of content. Uh, Ash says, signed up. Thank you so, so much. And thank you to everyone who has already, because there's a fair few of you. So really, really do appreciate it. Thank you all so, so much. The YouTube memberships will stay on for now, but we are eventually going to move away from those. Uh, so if you uh, are a YouTube member, please do switch over. And if you go back to the previous video, uh, which explains the new membership proposition, you'll find instructions on how to cancel that membership and essentially take it over to the other platform. So, um, yeah, thank you guys so much. Look, let's take a very, very short pause and then we'll head over to do our combined 11. Okay, today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Let's do this then. Let's try and pick an Arsenal and Spurs combined 11. This is not going to be easy. Right. So we'll start off with the goalkeeping position and feel free to put your input in in the live chat as well. I'm really interested to know uh, what you guys uh, what you guys have to say, what you guys are thinking. Um, so let's start with the goalkeeper. OK. Ramsdale or Lloris? I think ordinarily, right, I'd go with, let me take my Arsenal hat off. Ordinarily, I'd go with Hugo Lloris. I think any neutral would probably go with Hugo Lloris, right? You're talking about a French World Cup winning goalkeeper, someone with incredible experience and someone who's pulled off some of the best saves you've probably ever seen in the Premier League. Great shot stopper, brilliant shot stopper, but does have a clangor in him. His distribution of the ball, I think, is poor. Um, I think his best days are, are beyond him and I think that as a result of that I'm going to go with Aaron Ramsdale but I do think as I say from a neutral perspective if I try and take my Arsenal hat off for a minute there will be people out there that will pick Hugo Lloris for the reasons I've mentioned experienced French, French international Champions League standard goalkeeper World Cup winner people will go with Lloris but I don't think I can go with Lloris Taking off, even taking off my Arsenal hat, I don't think he's a help to Spurs nowadays. I think he's more of a hindrance. I think the fact that they play the way they play means that his inability to distribute the ball effectively is is almost is almost like pushed to the wayside. People don't really talk about it. But had he been playing for a City or for a Liverpool or for somewhere else, people would talk about it a lot more. Um, I think Ash sums this up really well in the comments. Ramsdale is better with his feet. There's no question about that. But Lloris is probably a better shot stopper. He says it's a close one. It is a close one. Um, but I'm going to lean towards Ramsdale on the premise that I just think that Hugo Lloris's best days are behind him. And as a result of that, I can't I can't put him in ahead of an up-and-coming goalkeeper who's been really impactful since joining Arsenal Football Club. Now... We'll move on to the centre backs, and where I will put a Spurs player in, I'm going to put um, I'm going to put Christian Romero in. Now it pains me to do this, and I don't really want to leave William Saliba out. Um, well, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll put him in alongside him. But I think Romero for me is probably one of Spurs' best players. I think he's a top centre half. I've always admired him from afar. Watching him in Italy was disappointed when Spurs managed to get a hold of him because I think he's a real talent. Um, and I think, you know, for me, of all their centre-halves, he's the only one really uh, sort of worth throwing into the discussion. I think he's tenacious. I think he's, uh, you know, I think he's he's got the right mentality, the right attitude. I think he has got a bit of a nasty side, a bit of an edge. He's a real old-school South American-style centre-half, isn't he? And yeah, you know, as, as much as I didn't want to put 
any Spurs players in this. I'm going to have to put Christian Romero in at the back. Um, listen, I'm a massive fan of, of William Saliba and I think he'll get there eventually. But for now, I'm going to put Gabriel just purely based on... Um, just purely based on longevity. You know, William Saliba has been great in seven games or whatever it's been. But Gabriel, I think, has been important to Arsenal for a while now. He gives us something that we didn't have before. He gives us power, presence, aerial abilities, a threat from set pieces, but also him as well as Saliba, as well as Ben White, as well as the rest of the defence, have now given us this ability to step up to the halfway line and squeeze teams. He's been a big, big part of that. And I think he covers that left-hand side so brilliantly as well when other people um, push on. Uh, moving into the fullbacks. Well, I think this is this is a no-brainer. You know, the only debate in my mind at the fullback, uh, at fullback position was whether I'd pick Tommy Asu or White at the moment because... Spurs' fullbacks for me are very, very poor. Um, you know, I know they play with wingbacks, and so it's difficult to make a direct comparison. But the likes of Jed Spence have come into the club and Antonio Conte's moved very quickly to say, this is not my player. Uh, you know, people like Matt Doherty are at the club. People like Emerson Royale, a player that we were heavily linked with. No, not for me. Not interested in him. Um, and then you move on to the left-hand side and Sessegnon, no. Uh, Perisic, I don't think you could possibly put Perisic as a as a fullback. He's a wingback. I don't even know that he's that really. I know that's what he's been brought in to do, but I think he likes to do his work in far more advanced areas. Um, so, no, I'm not putting him in there either. I think what I'm going to do, I think, is I'm going to go uh, with Kieran Tierney at left back. I absolutely love Zinchenko, but I just think that Kieran Tierney in a, a standard back four is uh, is a better defender. And ultimately, as a left back, that's what you're in the team to do first and foremost. I think in Arsenal's game model, I think Zinchenko works really, really well. But I do think in some of the games against some of the stronger opposition, we're going to have to think about how we sort of set up at left back and think about the role that that player plays. So I'm going to go with Kieran Tierney. He's been in the side recently obviously with Zinchenko being out uh but I think yeah I think he's got the place now he was really good at Brentford and so the place is his for me for the time being and at right back I'm actually going to go with Ben White over Tommy Asu at the moment Tommy Asu started the season with an injury wasn't in the side that's ultimately why White was moved out there um and uh, and sort of he's done a fantastic job, hasn't he? Stepping into into the, the midfield positions, but he's also been really effective. I think going on the outside of Bukayo Saka down that right flank. So I've got to give um, I've got to give him his credit. I really do because I was one who wondered how he'd fare at right back, but he's proved a lot of people wrong, and he's done a really really good job. Um, on the left back thing, uh, Ash says agreed. I rate Zinni more, but I'd play KT. On Saturday, Maximus says Tommy Asu offers nothing going forward. I think you're right there. I think going forward is his weakness. Now, again, I said this about Tierney. First and foremost, you want your defenders to defend effectively. But I think that White offers a little bit more in his all-round game now. Um, and he's in an incredible form. So why drop him? Uh, Savreen says, would you put any of our fullbacks or any players in Conte's system of wingbacks? I wouldn't put Ben White in that because I think he's like a centre-back stroke right-back. 
I don't think he's a right back per se. And so I think he'd get a bit lost in a wing back system. I think Tierney could play as a wing back and I think Zinchenko could play as a wing back on that other side as well. Okay, moving into the midfield. This was easy for me. And this is essentially what infuriated me about Dan DeLuca's lineup that he sent me earlier today. Let me just quickly refer to it because I'm pretty sure that when he sent it to me, uh, one second, here we go. He put he put a two-man midfield, right? And he put Bentoncourt and Odegaard in there. Now, I agree with Odegaard, but how on earth have you overlooked Thomas Partey? How have you done that? It's absolute madness. He's on a different level to Hoybjerg, to Bentoncourt, to Harry Bloody Winks. He's even still at the club. I don't even know. To all the idiots that they've got there, I'm sorry. Not a chance. Not a chance is a Spurs player getting into my centre midfield. The way Arsenal have performed this season has been superb. And the way this midfield trio performed, even last season when they were all fit, which unfortunately for us towards the back end of the campaign wasn't very often, they were brilliant. They've got intensity, strength, physicality, technical ability. They've got it all. And uh, and so my midfield is an all-Arsenal midfield. I'm sorry, but that's what I'm going with. Again, I know that it's difficult to do this because of Spurs' formation being so different. And so do all of these players translate into this system that I'm going with, which is more like a 4-3-3. But nah, not, not a Spurs player in that midfield for me. Where I will put a couple of Spurs players, and again, this kills me to do it, is in the forward line. Have to. Have to put Harry Kane in the team. He's a fantastic player. Can't stand the guy, but he's brilliant. You can't deny that. He not only gives them so much in terms of goal scoring ability, but he also um, does a lot in terms of bringing other people into the game. His creativity in the past couple of seasons has been superb. Um, and yeah, so Harry Kane has to go in there. He's he's a top player. It kills me to say he's a top player. And it's not based solely on this season. So I have to put Son in there because he was the joint Premier League top scorer last season. And over the course of the last three or four years, he's been fantastic. And then I'm going to put Gabriel Jesus in as well. Uh, so that's my forward three. Um, <laughs> Severine says, madness, Enketia over Kane any day. Uh, look, I wanted to get Saka in, but can you hand on heart say that Saka right now, I know he's been on a bad run of form at the start of the season, Son, which is just turned around just in time for the North London derby typically. But can you put Saka in terms of his outputs right now ahead of Hume Son? I don't think you can. As biased as you want to be, I don't think you can do that. And I don't think you can leave Harry Kane out. I think Gabriel Jesus is on that level. I think he's fantastic. Kills me to leave Martinelli out as well at the moment. But I think this is as fair as I can be. And so actually, when, when you think about it, I've gone with three Spurs players in my combined 11. So when people say that they're much better than us, when people say that they're miles ahead of us, when people say that they're capable of mounting a title challenge right until the very end, but we're not, you can understand why I think at least that's absolute nonsense. Um, Cesar also says, if it isn't solely based on this season, I'd put Larissa over Ramsdale, uh, to be honest. Yeah, maybe. You know, that's a, that's a debatable one. But I don't think the inclusion of Kane, Son and Romero is debatable. And that's why they've all got into my team. Obviously, if I'm going down the debatable route, I'm naturally going to side with our players. 
But I think those three, it's undeniable that they would make the combined 11. As for the rest, I think you can make a really strong case for the Arsenal players that I've named in there. Look, it's just a bit of fun. Again, I realise that they play a different system to us. And so maybe certain players don't necessarily translate into our system. And maybe that's why there's less of them. I don't know. But I, I wanted to do this. I wanted to try and break it down. I wanted to sort of sit down and think about who, if I had the opportunity to, I would pluck out of that squad and bring them uh, over to Emirates Stadium. In fact, in real life, I don't want any of them anywhere near us. They don't deserve to wear the famous red and white of the mighty Arsenal. But I think Romero, Kane and Son are players that that you have to put in. So my combined 11 between Arsenal and Tottenham is Ramsdale in goal, White, Romero, Gabriel and Tierney at the back, Partey, Xhaka and Odegaard and all Arsenal midfield, and then Jesus, Kane and Son as the front three. Let me know your thoughts in the comments section below. Um, yeah, interested to know what you guys think. In fact, list your combined 11 between the two sides. Don't forget to leave a like on the video. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you're new. Don't forget to check out our channel update video or podcast that we dropped yesterday. And uh, if you fancy it, uh, we'd love you to join the Another Slice platform, support the Chronicles of Aguna and the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital Charity. Uh, all you have to do is follow the instructions below. You'll get access to at least four exclusive bits of content per month for our members and plenty more. Also, the first 100 members, as I said yesterday, will be entered into not one but two prize draws from which you could win yourself an Arsenal shirt of your choice. So, yeah, if you're one of the first 100, as I say, you'll get the opportunity, of course, to go into that draw as well as supporting and getting access to some extra content, which I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy because a lot of effort has gone into it in the background. Thank you all so, so much. Uh, really appreciate you tuning in. And we'll be back tomorrow for a full preview show uh, around the North London derby. I'll be looking at the game tactically. We'll be trying to break it down. We'll be trying to predict how it might play out. And we'll be trying to find some cracks in Antonio Conte's armour. Really, really looking forward to that. Looking forward to speaking to you guys then. Until next time, take care of yourselves. All the best. Thank you. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.